Greetings and salutations. Welcome to day 11 of the CPT Show Black Music Month 30 series. I'm, of course, your host, Chris Stevens, here on the Chris Pies and Things podcast. Hopefully, you've been enjoying the series so far. We got about three weeks left, which means we're down to about 20 albums now. This is album number 11 in our series of 30. If you're just joining us, this is our Black Music Month 30 series. I will be reviewing 30 albums that shape my musical taste, are critical to an artist's catalog, or just overall general good listens. And today, we're going to 1986. We are talking the end of the road for one of the last bands, one actually one of the first bands in the 1980s to connect, and the last album they put out as a complete unit, and of course the last album that was produced by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. We're talking about the SOS band, and fittingly, it's the Sands of Time. Sands of Time was released on Taboo Records, headed by Clarence Avant on April 9th, 1986. This was the last album featuring Mary Davis before she went solo. And that is interesting in itself because whenever a lead singer or musician goes solo from a band, you generally assume that that person is head and shoulders above the rest of the unit. And I'm not saying Mary Davis is not a great singer because that would be a falsehood. She really can carry a tune. Still can. However, Mary Davis and the SOS band were not good apart and they certainly were much better together. This is what happens when your musical sound shifts in the middle of one of the greatest decades for music, the 1980s. By the time the SOS band met up with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, the first time they actually worked together was on the SOS band 3 album in 1982. That was actually produced by the Silvers family. The first song that Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis ever wrote for a writing credit, it wasn't their first production, but their first writing credit was High Hopes. And that was the song that got the SOS band back on the dance floor after Take Your Time, Do It Right happened in 1980. This is 1982, 1983-ish now. So Clarence Avant hired Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis to produce most of his roster at this point. Remember, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis were fired from the time by Prince because they were doing production work on SOS Band's 1983 album, On the Rise, which, of course, rose very quickly. And they missed the show. And Prince pretty much told them, well, been nice knowing you. And Jimmy Jam and Terry were like, okay, fine, whatever. We'll just go ahead and do this production thing to the tune of millions of records sold, Grammys, changing the sound of popular music. No big deal. So, 1986 now. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis are very busy at this point. They're working with Sherelle. They're working with Alexander O'Neill. They also have just finished a project for a 20-year-old singer by the name of Janet Demita Joe Jackson. Control. You might have heard of that album. And the SOS band is coming off of two great albums, On the Rise and Just the Way You Like It. And it is the last one they work together as a unit. The theme for Sands of Time is definitely a cheating-ass cheater album. There is all sorts of shenanigans in the cheating realm on this album. The album itself starts off with when you sleep, even when you sleep. Like, that says a lot right there. Like, she's watching this dude even when he's asleep. That, that, that should make you a little nervous. But Sands of Time 
is the best song on the album, the title track. It's Mary and it's Jason Bryant going back and forth. Two lovers that are apart for one reason or another. And how time just seems to move so slow when they're not together. And it's an underrated Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis battle. It absolutely deserves way more credit and love in that realm of their production. Because the fact the fact that it didn't get a video, even though the album itself, you could probably write a whole script around the themes of Sands of Time. Very easily you could do this. Like there's, even when you sleep, there's Sands of Time and then there's Borrowed Love. Borrowed Love to me is the, fin- is the final track in a trilogy of side joint anthems. The first side piece anthem was Just Be Good to Me. Now, 1983, summer of 1983, Just Be Good to Me changed everything about music because that was the first instance that a TR-808 drum pattern went to the top of the charts. Just about. Just about. Because Just Be Good to Me ended up topping out at number two. But it came close to the top of the charts. Then, of course, on 1984, there's Just the Way You Like It. And also, No One's Gonna Love You. So, you throw those three tracks, those four tracks, and those three tracks together, and then you add Borrowed Love at the end, you have the beginning of a side piece relationship, the middle stages, and then on Borrowed Love, Mary Davis is lamenting that she can never live on Borrowed Love. So it's the uh, acceptance and breakup stage. So you have a trilogy over three albums of side piece material, and it doesn't get much more side piecier than Two Time Lover. Don't want no two-time lover. Don't want you to love no other. This whole album is about cheating. Make no mistake about it. This is a cheating-ass cheaters album. But it sounds so good. (laughs) Fooling around on your significant other has never sounded so danceable, so harmonizing, just so very interesting. (laughs) And the song that most people remember from Sands of Time is The Finest. Now, The Finest holds a special place in my heart because I think that was one of the first songs that I ever remember hearing on the radio in a context of my older sister and my cousins loving that song. When you grow up with a family that loves music like mine does, like we don't have any professional musicians in my family. I mean, my mother can sing, but she never sang professionally. But when you grow up in a family that lives and breathes music, it can only help you. It can only, you know, foster a love for music. And that's what it did for me. Like, my mother was Sound of Philadelphia, Luther Vandross, Phyllis Hyman. My grandmother was James Brown and all the old blues stuff. My sister, my older sister, Sweet, this was, she was um, she was in high school when I was born. So by the time I'm old enough to understand what's going on with music, she's finishing up high school, about to start her life. And just listening to the music that she was listening to, it really struck a chord with me going into four, five, six years, seven, seven years old. So, The Finest is one of those songs that I remember actually just remembering the hook to. After all that we've been through, time won't change the way I feel about you. Out of all the loves before, you're the finest I'll ever know. Finest I ever. That at five years old, I remember that like it was yesterday. Now, the rest of the album, it is a again, it is a side piece album. Like you can listen to every track on that album and find that there is some foolishness afoot. You have the sands of time. 
These people are apart because they cheating. Even when you sleep. This dude done put it on Mary Davis so good, she watching him while he sleep. Borrow love. The regret of being a side joint. Nothing but the best. Still trying to hold on. I guess I guess maybe even, even the finest. No. Even the finest has a side piece part in it. If I had to choose, I'd be by myself. I want to be in love, but with nobody else. It's almost like a up-tempo version of Saving All My Love For You. No lies. That one also has side piece material and cheat material to it. I will only tell you the truth. I won't tell you no lies. Really? Really? And then it closes out with, do you still want to? It's like, we done pissed each other off so bad, but we're still very much horny. So do we still want to do this? Do we still want this affair? Do we still want whatever it is that we're doing? And it ends with the Sands of Time reprise. Now, the reprise is one of my favorite parts of 1980s R&B, even though it's really a tease. Because a reprise, if you're not familiar, is just a repeated part of a song from the very beginning at the end. Now, the 28-second version of the Sands of Time reprise, it leaves you wanting more. Like, that's what Jimmy and Terry... Jimmy and Terry were masters of the reprise at this point. They were nice enough to keep us with one track on Weekend Love. Oh my God, I forgot Weekend Love is a side piece. SOS Band in the Jimmy and Terry era was definitely making cheat ass cheater anthems and side piece anthems. <laughs> so, yeah, the Sands of Time reprise is just 28 seconds long and it just leaves you wanting more. It's like, wow, this is how they go out as a band. They probably knew it was going to be it. But... The fans didn't know that Mary Davis was going solo. SOS Band will put out a couple more albums after that, but it didn't work. Mary Davis had a solo project here and there. Didn't work. And the 1980s really marked the shift in how we viewed bands and groups because when you take drumming out of a drummer's hands, when you take a horn or a string out of a trumpet player, saxophonist, cellist, violinist hands when you take the bass out of a bass player's hands when you take the guitar out of a guitar player's hands not gonna be enough money to go around especially if the lead singer is you know getting all the credit for what y'all do and that's what bands faced with the, the electronification of music in the 1980s we had arp and moog synths we had the tr808 the 909 we had the lindrum you know, we had the DX7 Oberheim synthesizer. All of these great instrumental advances in the 1980s killed bands in black music. Absolutely killed bands in black music. And we don't talk about that enough. And we wonder, why don't group, why aren't groups hanging around together? Why aren't bands playing together anymore? It's just not feasible. When you can open up a laptop, create a sound, ship it off to a singer or a rapper, and have them do what they do. What's the point of having a band? And that is the one problem that I have with black music going from what it did in the 70s to the 80s to the 90s and today. Bands and live instruments are missing. Hopefully they come back around at some point. But at this point, I don't know if it's possible. Granted, we have bands now. You know, I just meant in the previous episode when I mentioned when I did the internet um, review. I there's the internet. There's Van Jess. There's King. There's Moonchild. 
You know, there's groups like that, Earth Gang. There's bands out there, but it won't. It will never be like it was in the '70s and the '80s. It just won't. That was when competition was deep. I mentioned it before. You had to be good to be a band in the 1970s and 1980s and sell records, be on the charts, be on the radio. It's just not. It's just not feasible now because everything is so easy in one touch at the tip of your fingers. Like I have a MIDI keyboard. Like I've been practicing beats for a while. Like I haven't done it in probably a year. I may get back around to it, but there is an off chance that I could come up with a sound and send it off to somebody and that sound connect with somebody. There's nobody in the studio jamming. There's nobody in the studio, you know, working out, you know, charts for horns and strings. It's not like it used to be. Actually learning how to read, write, and play music is no longer popular. Hasn't been for 30, 35 years. And bands suffered greatly for it. Rock and roll bands and white bands, they really didn't suffer too much from it. But black bands, funk, disco, R&B, soul bands, they all suffered from it. All suffered from the electronification of music. And the SOS band is the best case for that. Because Take Your Time and Do It Right in 1980 was the sound. It was probably one of the last true disco records to really connect on a pop level. Then by 1986, everything's drum patterns and synth keyboards. Yes, there's some guitar and horn work on Sands of Time, but it's not like it was when they first hit the scene in 1980. Just one. Overall, Sands of Time, if you like your albums to be cheater albums and cheater anthems with great instrumentation, even though it's programmed, you'll love the Sands of Time. I certainly do. It's one of my favorite albums in the 1980s, and it's definitely one of the best of 1986. Highly recommend it. That will do it for day 11 of the CPT Show Black Music Month 30 series. Once again, if you want to check out the whole series, go to anchor.fm forward slash C-H-R-I-S P-O-D, the letter N, T-H-A-N-G-S. You can also find us on Spotify as a sentence, Chris Pods and Thangs. Search for us there. Subscribe. Keep up with every episode. Thank y'all for listening, and we will be back tomorrow with day 12 and album 12 of the BMM 30 series. Thank you.